Hello and welcome to One Star Bazaar, where we review the movies critics hated in search of the unfairly underrated. This supernatural mystery film, loosely based on real events, stars an Academy Award winner and was nominated for four Razzies in 2019, including Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Actress, and Worst Screenplay. The movie of this week is Winchester. It is a horror thriller directed by Michael and Peter Spierig. They are brothers, FYI. Oh, you looked it up. <laughs> it said so in the movie. Uh, credits. Written by the same as well as Tom Vaughn. It was released in theaters February of 2018 and stars Helen Mirren, Jason Clark, and Sarah Snook. Jason Clark, who we have seen on the podcast before in Terminator Genesis. Yes. So, no stranger to the, the one star movies. The synopsis for this film is inspired by true events. On an isolated stretch of land, 50 miles outside San Francisco sits the most haunted house in the world. Built by Sarah Winchester, heiress to the Winchester fortune, it is a house that knows no end. Constructed in an incessant 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week mania for decades, it stands seven stories tall and contains hundreds of rooms. To the outsider, it looks like a monstrous monument to a disturbed woman's madness, but Sarah is not building for herself for her niece, or for the troubled doctor, Eric Price, whom she has summoned to the house. She is building a prison, an asylum for hundreds of vengeful ghosts, and the most terrifying among them has a score to settle with the Winchesters. This movie has a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 28% on Metacritic, which is quite low. Yes, it is. There's not <laughs> generally a lot of movies that score that low on Metacritic. And also Rotten Tomatoes, sub-20% is pretty bad. As far as some reviews from some critics, we have Kevin Marr of The Times UK who said, It's just awful. I really hope that was just his whole review. Like, he just turned <laughs> that into his editor and he's just like, nah, it's, it's this just This is awful. it. This is yeah. what you get. I'm not saying anything else. <laughs> Simon Abrams from RogerEber.com said, What Winchester lacks in originality, it's creators amply make up for in execution. That sounds oddly positive. Yeah. Like, well, at least they kind of know how to make a decent movie. They make it look cool? I mean, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Paul Burns of the Sydney Morning Herald asks, What is Helen Mirren doing in what is essentially a B-movie? I can't say, but she brings great dignity to lines that are at times literally unspeakable. I feel like... I mean, if anything, that's, like, obviously a credit to her. Because in previous movies we've done, especially, like, All About Steve, we've seen good actors do the best that they can with what they were given. Yeah, and so this movie was nominated for a bunch of Razzies, including her for Worst Actress. It's a little unfair. We'd like to point out the Razzies, they're kind of like an anti-popularity contest where it's easy to just pile on to famous people slumming it in bad movies. It's just they're mean. But a lot of times, it really is good actors trying their best and actually making a decent performance of what is just a poorly written yeah. role and movie. Unlike in our last movie where we talked about how the actors were like phoning it in. We've seen plenty of movies that have been nominated for Razzies where you can genuinely see the actors are giving it all they've got. Yeah. Like, they're taking and it seriously. So it's a little unfair to say, oh, it's the worst act. No. 
the worst are the ones where it's like just actual like D-list actors who just suck and. Like anyway. I mean, I know people like soap operas, but soap opera acting is not well known for its quality. And I feel like some movies where the actors clearly don't care, you get kind of soap opera quality yeah, acting. Yeah, my, my example would be, like, barely one step up from that is the, like, CW teen drama kind of acting. Hey. Where you're just like, you Hey. Know. How dare you besmirch my CW shows. Okay, well, there is To be fair, not there's a big difference acting. between the CW shows from, like, the 90s versus the CW shows now. Because they're worse now, is what you're saying? No, they're better now. Please. Okay, I tried to go back and watch, what was it, Smallville? That's pretty bad. The acting is terrible on that show. But didn't, um, wasn't like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel originally on the WB? No. It, they, okay. Or eventually on the WB? They wound up on okay. that channel, but they did not My point start is, there, I think. And Supernatural, everybody loves that on the internet. Everyone apparently loved I mean, it's, it until it's a like cult the 10th season. Okay, whatever. <laughs> We're rambling. <clears throat> so we're going to go ahead and stream this on Showtime, and then we will let you know what we think. Now that we have watched Winchester, let's talk about the acting. We kind of mentioned before we watched it about how we thought maybe sometimes the Razzies aren't quite fair with the actors' performances. What do you think? I would say that that's mostly true. I would say... Okay, so you've made me watch several horror films. I mean, come on. I haven't made you watch that many. If I had my way, you would have watched way more okay, horror movies. That's why I said several. Okay. Several is... I can't even think of any. What horror movies have I made you watch? Oh, Sinister. Insidi all the Insidious. Insidious. Um, Sinisterdious. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but there, I mean, we, we watched it together. No, but I'm thinking, like, even some of the kind of lower quality ones that I've definitely watched. Well, I made you watch Patient Zero for the podcast, but... Yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> of other ones. Basically, there's definitely, maybe, it's, and also maybe it's some that I've just walked in and you're watching it and I'm like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, what's you're this? like, what is that? <laughs> there's, my point, the point I'm trying to make is there's a very specific kind of quality to a lot of those movies uh -huh. that are not as good. Yeah, that's true. There's, they're unknown actors or lesser known actors. They're, you know, they definitely feel more independent. I'm not going to necessarily say lower budget because they probably do actually have a decent budget. A lot of the Bloomhouse films, I mean, the reason they're profitable and they keep making them is because they're cheap to make and, and people go and see them. And Bloomhouse is on a roll right now. This movie had a budget of $3.5 million and made $41 million. So, definitely profitable, 10 times its budget. I don't think anyone can argue that it was not profitable unless there was some weird thing where Helen Mirren's like, oh, I'll be in it, but I'm getting 50% of the gross or something like which I, you know, <laughs> I'm sure didn't happen. This movie, and this is kind of going into what did this movie do well. Uh-huh. This movie, I think, had pretty decent production value. Yeah, it and did. And I think they were able to still keep it cheap, but have decent production value because they filmed some of it on location at the actual Winchester Mansion in yeah. San Jose, California. Like, it looked to me like a lot of the, like, overhead 
slash like construction shots were maybe like CGI'd or something. Like they had like a little bit of a computer feel to them. Maybe. But I think they just used the same shot over every time maybe. they showed workers <laughs> building the thing. They were like, they and they probably filmed it all at the same time. They're like, all right, all right, guys over there, saw, and they're like sawing. You guys hammer. Okay, yeah. good. Okay. And it's noon, lighting, okay, go, and film for five minutes. Okay, great. Okay, now turn the lights down. Okay, it's night now. Okay, saw, yeah, hammer, go. We're kind of getting off track here, because I really want to talk about just the acting okay. right now. So you did have two notable actors. Yes. I mean, Jason Clark? Jason Clark. He's not, like, famous, but you'd recognize him, and he's a headliner of movies. Terminator Genesis, he was one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. He was the dad in the new Pet Cemetery movie that came out this year. Oh, uh-huh. So that's definitely, like, a headlining role. Yeah. Even if it is, again, horror, so it's kind of the relegated genre where people are like, oh, yeah, that's not, nobody cares about that. You're not a serious, that's not a I serious mean, role. Some people get kind of typecast eventually into, like, nothing but horror movies, but, I mean, it's like how Liam Neeson is now, like, nothing but action movies, but he makes it work. So I feel like Jason Clark could make that work for his, like, niche market. Like, be in, like, higher quality horror films yeah. and thrillers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, plus he's Australian. And I honestly, I feel like it's kind of hard for Australians to break into Hollywood. It seems Unless like. you're a there's only a, Well, there's only a handful <laughs> of them that have done it. Yeah. And they all, you all, you look at where Wait, they started from and Nicole they're all like, Kidman, oh. Hugh Jackman. Okay, the Hemsworths. Rebel Wilson. Other ones. Oh, yeah, okay, great. So you've named about <laughs> five and then couldn't name any more. Anyway, so the acting was perfectly fine. I definitely am going to reaffirm what I what I suspected in the beginning, that um, any weakness was more with the script and the dialogue written versus yeah. their like performance there, as actors. Yeah, there was a lot of dialogue, which did a lot of exposition, but I felt like they... Like, they brought it in their performances. Like, I, I felt like... At least the two of them, right? Yeah. Like, the two actual yeah, Jason Clark known and Helen Mirren, like... Acted well. Brought it. The other girl, uh, Sarah Snook, who I had seen her in a terrible horror movie that I am not going to make you watch called Jezebel. And Thank she you. did not impress me in that movie. And she did not impress me she was just, in this movie. She's yeah. very wooden and stiff. And, like, you know, the character was trying to be, like, standoffish, so yeah, it kind of fit. Like, my, my same complaints about Ansel Elgort. Like, they just, they seem like the same person in all their movies. And then her son was just, like, a prop, yeah. basically. Like, he was... The typical he, child horror movie, like, child in a horror movie, just prop person. Yeah. I mean, that's kind like of... Like, there is a plot device. Insidious had that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the one with, like, the coma or whatever. <laughs> paranormal activity... Or whatever. Uh, yeah, there was a kid in the second one or the third one. I don't remember. Anyway, so he was useless, but he just was there to serve the plot and basically exist so that the evil spirit could channel itself into his body and try to kill people. So, talking about that part of the story, um, how do you feel the story went? <laughs> okay. So, this movie is based on this idea that there is this extremely rich woman. And I'd like to talk about it for one second. Because Which, I looked it first up. of all, I mean, the house is real. Right. She was a real person. She's a real person. And it seems like the Winchester estate or whatever, like, 
signed off on this movie. Oh, the estate did, yeah. Yeah. So they were like, Well, why wouldn't yes. they? It basically, it would help remind America, hey, did you guys know? Because I never heard of this. You had, I think, I, right? Yes, of course I had. Because you're all into that paranormal. Weird stuff, yeah. Crypto, zoology, weird things, <laughs> whatever. Anyway. I just like cool places <clears throat> in America, okay? And I really want to go. Right. You can take so, tours. Big tourist trap. Exactly. And so this movie can serve as almost an advertisement for the estate. That's true. Like, hey, did you guys know that there's this cool, creepy, like, tourist attraction out in California? Oh, you're going to California anyway because it's, you know, Disneyland, where everything Universal is. Studios. Yeah. Alcatraz. This woman, in real life, Sarah Winchester, was, like, filthy rich. Like, when her husband died, she received half of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, which makes Winchester rifles, which are pretty famous rifles. They don't make them anymore because the company was bought off by some other company, you know, a few years ago. Doesn't dec- matter. Decades ago. But she has 50% of the company, $20 million, in addition, like, of just assets, like, m- money. Basically, her, her in money... In today's money, or like... No, like, in back then money. Back then money. A hundred years ago, $20 million. Plus, her dividends slash payouts from the company was $1,000 a day. In... In 1906 $1, <laughs> $1,000 a day today would be an amazing amount of money to have. Yeah. That's, I mean... Three hundred sixty-five grand a year. That's a really good salary in most of America, you know. Yeah. So this woman was insanely rich, and of course she, you know, whatever. Was There's... she like richer than like the Rockefellers? No. Okay. But she was definitely in the upper crust of society. Like she moved to California from Connecticut, mm-hmm. so you know near New York and Boston, where all this old money is. She moved out to California and started building this house, and there's obviously urban legends about why there's, you know, this supposedly... But people did die during construction, right? Like, they had a couple, like, worker accidents and stuff. Oh, I'm sure. And And they definitely did build this on this house for, like, 30-something years. Yeah. But, you know, there's this idea that this fortune teller, whatever, kind of spiritualist, you know, lady had told her... Oh, you know, you're... You need to get rid of your guilt from the fact that you have profited off of weapons which are used to kill people Mm -hmm. and by building this huge house whatever you know that'll help which doesn't make any sense to me in fact the movie almost gives a decent explanation about why that would be like as ridiculous as the plot and the idea in this movie that she's building this house like she builds on rooms to her house and each room replicates the final... Okay. Each room in the house is designed by the ghost in a spirit drawing session, and then she builds the room that the person died in. And then once they build that room, they trap the ghost inside it. No, 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 no. Once they build that room, they're hoping the ghost can essentially find peace and resolve whatever unfinished business they have and then they'll go and then they just repurpose the room yes and they tear it down it's when the ghosts refuse to allow their conflict to be resolved and they continue to be tormented combative 
and tormented. Yeah. Then they lock it up with essentially magic. You magic know, nails. Magic. Yeah. This magic ritual to trap the ghost inside of the room. Okay. First of all, <laughs> that is probably mostly bunk because we said before this. The idea is that oh, you know, for thirty, however many years, nonstop construction was going on in this house. Like. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, every day of the year. They As never per stopped. the synopsis. But that's most likely not true because there are people who worked the house and the grounds who are like, no, like there would be months at a time where she was like, okay, I'm sick of all this construction. There's too much noise. I need to relax. Just stop. Come back in six months. Mm -hmm. So now, is it very possible that she did have guilt over essentially that her fortune came from death? That's very possible. And, and... Um, maybe she was, like, mentally disturbed and she had some weird kind of compulsion to keep building. I mean, I don't know. Like, it'd be really like, interesting. I mean, I feel like if I knew that all the money I'd ever gotten had been because, like, other people died, I would definitely have some sort of guilt about that, for sure. Maybe. But no, it's not also... me. I'm saying okay, I fine, would. would. Personally, But it's also I easy, sure. you know, to tell yourself, why well, I didn't kill anyone. Yeah, that's you know. true. I can justify it. But back to the, the story, story. Okay. <laughs> of the movie. Okay. There, so here's the one thing I kind of thought partway through this movie. At least there kind of is a story. Yeah. When we watched Patient Zero last year, <laughs> my biggest complaint was there was no story. There was no plot. Yes. There was an idea. And it was like, oh, what, like, what if they have to interview zombies? And that really was the whole movie. It was just like an interrogation of a zombie. Right. Like, there, that, that, was, that wasn't a story. If you're interested, go listen to that episode. That's fine. <laughs> that wasn't a story. That was the start. That was an idea for a setting. Right. This at least has a story. It's super basic. It's super contrived, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you basically have the board of directors of the company that wants to oust her, and so they hire Jason Clark, who's this kind of washed up... Um, psychiatrist, and they want him to come in and assess but whether or not she's really crazy. then we find out that she chose him to be the psychiatrist to evaluate her because he's linked to the Winchester thing. Yes, because he had died for three minutes and then come back to life. Which, I'm like, did that really happen back then, a hundred years ago? Were they able to revive people? There were, like... Who had been dead for... I mean, it's not like they had... circumstances where it happened. They didn't have paddles to, you know, clear... Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I think it might have happened a couple times. Not like doctors knew what they were doing, but, it like... Just, it was basically, like, a fluke that, oh, you know, he, yeah. he died, his heart stopped, and then something happened, and his heart just started again. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, and, you know, his wife is dead, and, you know, she's possibly a ghost, so and whatever. One of, the, one of the things that kind of, like, I wish they had, like, hinted that better. Yes, I agree. Because, like, they started to hint at that um, at the beginning, but, like, you're like, why is this guy obsessed with this greenhouse room? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And... Even, like, some weird flashbacks of him, like, 
to the night that, you know, yeah. they had had their altercation, and he can be like, oh. Because they know, did it, like, huh, they did it, it in, like. like, voices. Like, we yeah. heard the voiceover of it, but had right. they just shown us, well, like, a shot of it, it would have made more sense. They showed some flashbacks, right? Or, like, the voiceover flashbacks? Yeah. But they showed them inside the, didn't they? Didn't they show something? I don't remember. I thought they showed, like, him and her inside the room. And so we only ever see it outside, and so we don't know. They should have shown, yeah, yeah, some kind of flashback of him walking, and then, like, it shows the outside, and then he's, like, walking more, and it shows the inside, and he's just like, oh, whatever. And then that's all, and we're like, oh, there's yeah. something there. We were just like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, there was no indication until he actually goes into the, the greenhouse. Yeah. So even though the story is simple, I mean, how engaging or entertaining did you think okay. it was i did not mind this movie what that's high praise coming from you until oh dang it the basically the last like five minutes of the film oh well i mean no that's... the problem is that ruined it what the it... last five minutes ruined the yes. whole movie yes all right okay why <laughs> so basically they defeat spoiler the... alert spoiler alert they defeat the evil ghost by Killing him. With a magic ghost bullet. No, like, okay, but it's not a ghost bullet. It's a okay. regular bullet. Okay, so, okay, Jason Clark's character was shot with a bullet from a Winchester rifle. Doctors dragged it out, and then he remelted it into a new bullet and put it in a new bullet casing. We know nothing about bullets. We don't know how possible this is. No, it's possible. And because it was a death bullet. Yeah. If death bullet is in quotes. Um, it has it the power, has to, kill the power to kill ghosts. Or like force them to go to the afterlife or whatever it was. The point yes. is, apparently the way you kill a ghost is to double kill that person. Of course. Double kill the ghost. That... Was so but dumb. then it also doesn't explain why when they double kill that ghost, his two brothers magically disappear well, also. Because they were only there because they were connected to his, his like, life force or something. Okay. His vengeance brought yes. them back to ghost life. I see. First of all, I would have actually liked to see more ghosts That's in this true. Film. There were a shocking lack of ghosts. I mean, we find out later that someone we thought was a real person is a ghost. Right. And then there's a couple, like... Those dreadful, like, jump scare moments, like, right before the jump scare, where you know a jump scare's coming, so you get all tense, and then the jump scare finally happens, and it's a weird, like, release slash scare. Like, yeah. you're scared, but you're, like, relieved that you don't have that tension anymore. That happened a couple times. But not enough, honestly, for this kind of not movie. A, that's true, not enough. I, like... Because they kind of, they sparsed it between, like, the jump scare and then, like, the son getting, like, possessed randomly. Like, there should have been more... I feel like jump scares within horror films are kind of like the junk food part of it. Like, you... It's dumb, and it, you shouldn't... I'm and not, yet that I'm one saying, from Insidious is terrifying. No, I know. My, this is a weird way I'm trying to get to, but basically, it's dumb, and I don't respect it, but at the same time, it's why you watch these films. Yes. It works. It's what you want. And so when you don't really get them, you're kind of like, oh, I'm glad I didn't get scared there. But you're also partly kind of like, oh, this movie didn't Disappointed. Really yeah, you're disappointed. It's, it's true. It's not a scary movie. Like, I want to say that. Like, I feel like it is more of, like, a thriller. Yeah. The main ghost, I thought, was kind of dumb and kind of, 
like, just his whole shtick was just not, it was underwhelming. I mean, we can't, I mean, we've already given away enough no, of fine. this movie. Yeah. So basically, he appears previously in the movie, and you think he's just a servant. And I'm sure it's one of those, like, Sixth Sense situations where if you go back and watch it, you'll realize that nobody but Jason Clark like, interacts with him or something. Well, that's not that hard. There, he was only, like, in the movie prior to being revealed as a ghost for, like, a total of a minute. Yeah, I mean, he like, was in a couple seconds, scenes, 20 seconds, 10 though. seconds. No, but, right. It's not like... It's not at all like Sixth Sense, where you could watch the whole, like, five-minute Okay, but you are saying that until the last five minutes of the movie, you were engaged. For you, the most you part, You were yes. enjoying it. Yeah, I wasn't enjoying it, but I was okay with it. He was okay with it. So, That's high praise from me. <laughs> high for praise from Jonathan. So, my question to you, then, is you've mentioned a couple things that the movie does... Poorly? Poorly. What kind of... What does it excel at? Excel? I okay, what does it do passably? Well, I mean, I've said, like, it actually had a decent plot, I thought. It did. Even though it's... Like, it's crazy to me that the Winchester estate was like, yes, tell this story of our, you know, great, being great, haunted, whatever, whatever yeah. being tormented by ghosts in her mind. Like, I just, I don't know. I mean, granted, it adds to, like, the mystique and the mystery of the Winchester house. Like, even growing up on the East Coast, like, I knew about the Winchester house. And, like, I wanted to go there. I thought it was so cool. Like, stairways that goes to nowhere, doorways that open to nothing. Like, just this huge, sprawling mansion with no rhyme or reason to it. What do you think this movie did well? I mean, I mentioned the acting. Like, I, I really thought Helen Mirren and Jason Clark did a great job. With what they were given. There there weren't too many. Like sometimes there are things in movies. That totally just take you out of it. Like I feel like we've watched several movies. Where we're just like really? I just I can't. Like, like what happened to you at the last five minutes of this movie. Yeah. But I don't feel that in this movie. Any point up until then. I like I never had that feeling. You know I wasn't like. Mm. What is, ugh. Like why did they do this or. Why did that happen? Like, I feel like they did a good job of kind of just, like, building the suspense of it and really making you kind of... Like, it was like a puzzle, you know? Like, you're trying to figure out what's going on and why she chose him out of all the possibilities. And but it wasn't that exciting of a puzzle is the problem. Well, it was like a puzzle of, like, a drab, Like a, like a five-year-old kind of, kid puzzle. Yeah, An exactly. easy one. Okay, here's something this movie did well. It actually did have decent production value. It really did. It had, you mentioned that before. It had pretty good costumes. Oh, yeah, it was, they I did. Mean, it was very much a period piece. Uh-huh, Even sure. though it was kind of easy to do because it was so simple. There weren't that many characters. It wasn't that... There weren't that extravagant, you know, numbers of sets and whatnot. I mean, they, because they used the house. They filmed it on location, and they probably also obviously filmed a few of the rooms on a soundstage where it was just easy to yeah. set up a room. And they needed to, you know, film bigger portions of the movie in those. Mm-hmm. So, in that sense, it was it was decent. Oh, um, they also <laughs> imply that the 1906 earthquake in the Bay Area was caused by this ghost. Yes. So, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> sure. The ghost was so vengeful and so powerful, he shook the earth. Even though... Okay. So, can we now, this is my own just... Now we're just to the point we're where we're just... random thoughts, right? Thoughts about the just movie. my overall impression. Yes. Here's one thing that I didn't 
like about the movie, but I could actually understand if some people would like this about the movie. Okay, I'm curious to this see if I like it. This movie is weirdly trying to be, in the modern era, political. Because the whole premise is essentially examining the guilt and the responsibility that... Of corporations? Of corp... Well, <laughs> specifically, like, gun manufacturers and gun sellers, when those guns are then used to do evil and murder. Yeah, and there is sprees. even, like, a whole, like, very obvious line about how, like, yeah, we just make the guns. It's the people who use them that choose what to do with them. Right, I mean, it's very... In, the, in this age in America with the constant mass shootings that we hear about in the news and et cetera, and, you know, the pol politicization of, um, the whole issue of the Second Amendment and guns, and I don't at all want to get into that. Yes, right? we are not expressing any opinions regarding Correct. that subject. So, whether this is good or bad, positive, negative, in either direction, I'm not going to touch that. I don't care. We're just talking about in context of the about, movie. In, yes, in the context of this film, they it definitely seemed like the writers and directors kind of had an axe to grind and a view to express. And yeah. it's interesting because they didn't just make it up. Because, again, there is historical evidence that... Sarah Winchester. Sarah Winchester did, in fact, feel responsible for her fortune coming from guns being used to kill people. And maybe had a, some remorse about that, etc. So it's not like they, you know, they invented this... Con this uh, issue and this crisis of morality, you know, for, and, and, you know, thrust it upon this historical character. No, it's very possible that she, that did occupy her mind. Mm -hmm. But the fact that the ghost basically was a mass shooter. Yes, he right? was. Right? Like, he... So, his deal was he was a Union soldier. No, a Civil War. Oh, a Civil War Confederate, Confederate soldier. soldier whose brothers were killed in the war. Yes. And then he decides that it's the fault of the guns because right. the, the Union, officer, union the had union. the Winchester yes. guns and the Confederacy didn't. Did so it was their fault. So he went and he bought a Winchester gun and then shot up the store. Yes, he, he shot killed up a bunch the Winchester people. showroom store. Yes, and then and a, bunch a bunch of cops killed him. Yes. I mean... How blunt can you be with, you know, <laughs> you literally have an angry young man killing spree shooter is your villain. Yeah. It just rubbed me the wrong way because, again, I don't have an opinion, a strong opinion either way about it, but it just kind of seemed maybe a little inappropriate for the filmmakers to use this historical kind of interesting paranormal curse you know oh you know folklore urban legend about mm -hmm. this real you know woman in her house to kind of you know push this narrative push this agenda yeah maybe the winchester family feels very strongly about it maybe that's very possible you know yeah so it just i don't know like i say I don't really care. I'm not offended because I'm a gun nut or something. It just rubbed you the wrong way. It just was like, do you really, really, it was a little, it, was, it wasn't subtle at all. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, you could have had any other go. Well, like, you had the same problem in Bright, didn't you? With like the racial tensions there. Yeah, maybe that's kind of a similar thing. Like it's, you gotta, I feel like you, there needs to be more subtlety when you want to go political like that. And I mean, I feel like when you're doing a ghost story too, 
the supernatural element can be anything. Like, it could have just as easily been, like, a demon or a... Right. Um, just, like, a... Honestly. Like, a creepy, vengeful ghost. Like, I mean, in Poltergeist, no. it was the... They didn't move the cemetery. Couldn't it have easily just been something like that? Yeah, it, it could have been the exact same ghost. He could have just been, like, oh, he and his brothers and his fellow, you know... Confederate soldiers. Confederate, you know, <laughs> countrymen who were his friends. Like, their platoon got massacred by the Union yeah. Army. And that was it. Like, he didn't, like, oh, he survived, but he was, you know, riddled with anger and rage and, you know, frustration, and he, bla he lashed out and blamed people, and he goes and shoots up a store or and like, becomes a, a or, spree kill or yeah. a mass shooter. I see your point. He could have yeah, just been like, oh, you know, we all got slaughtered, and we were slaughtered because you guys had Winchester rifles and we had crap rifles, and that was it. Like, it didn't need to have that added layer of... No, he's still alive, but he then becomes this, and that lets us put right. him in that mold. I see he what just, you're saying. But he just wasn't a very compelling, like, character, I think, anyway. Maybe it's because we didn't really know who he was until their end. I mean, like, and he didn't really, like, embody evil. You know, like, right. I feel like when you have some type of villain like that, you want them to be... You don't want to be able to maybe understand why they're angry or why they're the way they are. You just want them to be bad. There was a Reddit post that I read a couple weeks ago that was basically like, what's a character who could easily be the like a, an antagonist? Oh, yeah. Who could easily have been a, the protagonist if the story was different? Right. That's, I, you're kind of, that's kind of what this guy was. Like, you could totally imagine him being a sympathetic ghost who is misunderstood and they're trying to figure out, like, if they don't know, if they don't have this process whereby they're like, oh, all the ghosts killed by Winchester rifles congregate to this house and we try to help them or, you know, entrap them if we can't help them. Uh -huh. If they hadn't had that, if it had just been he was the first and they're like, oh, what what's going on? There's a ghost. And then yeah. they finally figure out and, and then it's a mystery about who is he? Why? Oh, and then the big reveal is, oh my gosh, he was killed by a Winchester rifle. And that's why he, whatever, that would have made him a much more sympathetic character and would have yeah. worked. And you would have been like happy and relieved. Oh, he's at peace now. They figured out basically what the ring is for like 98% <laughs> of the movie until the last 2% when you're like, oh no, why did you let her out? That's yeah. the worst thing ever. <laughs> and they that, think they're helping her. but Dude, it's, when that movie came out, that was terrifying. Like yeah. I did not want to look at a TV for like quite a while after that. Oh. I saw that movie so, on a giant inflatable screen in a park and then had to walk home like two miles in the dark back to yeah, my college that's, that's dorm. that's a big nope for me. <laughs> um, so my question to you then is, so you mentioned that you really didn't like the ending of this movie, but overall, what what do you say? Like, should people watch this? Okay. This is... I have two things to say. Okay. One, this movie actually has potential. Like, I can I can totally see a pretty decent horror film if you were to polish this up. Yeah. You know? And, you know... I, and honestly, I mean, I really feel like you wouldn't have to do much. No, I mean, I think you'd have to rework some... Like, I'm talking about if they had gone back to the original, like, script process and had brought in a different... Uh, writer to like rework about 40% of it. 
Yeah. You know, I feel like there there kind of is a problem when the director is the writer. Because they have so much more of their own vision right. and they don't necessarily listen or like get that outside opinion of maybe this doesn't work. Well, there or... was, so it's two directors, right? And they both wrote, but there is a third writer. And the problem is we have no idea who did what. Maybe this other guy, Tom Vaughn, wrote, you know, this script and they took 90% of that. And then, I mean, I don't know what the minimums are. I mean, you know, from, from, from listening guilt. to... For listening to some other podcasts and things like that, basically, if your contract says you get credited as the writer, you get credited. Even as if the they completely threw out everything you wrote, you still get credited. But also as vice the versa, right? Like if they take ninety percent of what you wrote and keep it and only change ten percent of it, then they can then slap their names on it. I think so. Yeah. And say, I mean, and I don't know the exact percentages. It, yeah, it's fine. we don't know. But I'm saying, I'm just thinking that. So we some, don't know. Is, go ahead. I'm just saying that some of the movies we have seen where the writer and the directors are the same, we often have the opinion that, like... The writing was weak. The writing was weak, and maybe they would have benefited from someone else looking at it. Newsflash. <laughs> On a podcast where we watch one-star movies, <laughs> most of the movies we watch might have weak writing. Just saying. That might also be... It might... <laughs> Darn you and your logic. So, if you like... This is my second part. Oh, you're qualifying it. Qualifying it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm definitely qualifying it. If you like this type of movie... And again, it's not a horror movie. But it kind of is. I mean, it... Okay. It's like a thriller. A, A supernatural thriller is what I would call it. Let me put it this way. If you're the kind of person that enjoys seeing paranormal activity movies then you'll probably enjoy this movie and this movie will be a much better film going experience from a higher production value standpoint that's true it really does have that same tension like that okay that's one thing that i will say that this movie did did well i think i said it before but it does a really fantastic job of building the tension like right before those jump scares like right. you know it's coming and you're just like your body your whole body is tense just waiting for it you're like getting ready to like hold your hands up over your eyes because you just know oh, it's I, coming i do the squint yeah you like squint like, through okay, your eyelashes uh, like barely, barely see so if something pops yeah. up it won't you know yeah so it does a fantastic job at that and the jump scares i feel like they don't feel cheap because of that because like because they they give you ample time right. to know know it's coming something's coming they just needed to trick us more yeah. They need those first couple, the tension's building, and you think there's going to be a jump scare, and then nothing happens. Yeah, that's true. They could have played with it a couple times. And then the next time, nothing happens, and nothing happens, but then after like a minute, then boom, it happens. Yeah. Which it kind of started to do that with a few of them. Yeah. So if you enjoy these types of movies, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not going to say don't watch it. He doesn't hate that he watched it. No, I don't hate that I watched it. I also do not hate that I watched it. Now... But you don't like it? So... The question is for you, are you going to watch it again within the next year? I will not watch it again. Okay. No. Because it wasn't entertaining enough. It's like, kind of a bland story, It right? is a bland story. It has kind of that same, like, drama feel that I don't mm. necessarily enjoy. One of the, the scenes that really got us was, um, which we kind of talked about when we were watching it, is there's a scene in Sixth Sense where a girl is, like, trapped in a dumbwaiter. 
Is it a girl? Is, I don't know. A kid is trapped in a, a dumbwaiter. And there's a ghost, like, whispering in their ear. And there was a scene in this movie that kind of had that same feeling to it, where, like, you just know that, um, it's like, he's like, listen, it's like, it's like a pr primitive intercom system. And he right. hears, like, something coming through the intercom, and it has that same just absolute creepy feel, which I don't like. <laughs> and then it kind of twists it a little bit and makes it even more scary. But... I don't have a desire to watch it again just because it didn't have enough fun. Like, half the fun of horror movies is those ridiculous deaths, those, um, just the sheer, like, energy of it. Whereas this didn't have that. Like, I haven't watched Sixth Sense since I watched it the first time in 19-whatever-the-heck. Yeah, because of that same reason. Like, it still just has that kind of slow build tension, and then once because, you know the end, it's like, what's the point of watching it again? Or is it because, unlike most of the stuff you watch, which is kind of ridiculous enough that it's fun, Sixth Sense, like, legitimately freaked you out? Oh, yeah, it scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. Yeah. For sure. So. It's probably the same reason I haven't ever watched the last scene of Fantasia. The graveyard scene? Yeah. It scared me as a child. Yeah, you never gonna watch it again. And I never wanted to watch it. It's like how I never want to watch Sinister again. Yeah. That, movie, that movie ruined his life. He used to take our dog out for walks, like, in the middle of the night. After we watched that movie, that instantly stopped. <laughs> he hasn't done it since. The woods are scary after you watch that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway. Any final thoughts on Winchester? Is, it, is this a one-star movie? Definitely not. You don't think so? I'm going to say yes. Really? With a qualifier. <laughs> you love your qualifier. Uh, no, that, that just as with qualifiers. I'm not going to explain the qualifier. I'm just going to say yes it is, but that's okay, I guess. Because, again, I mean, and we've, I feel like the few times we watch horror films, we say it with our dumb stoner comedy films. When we, it's like... Yes, it's not good, but that's not really the point. It doesn't have to be good. The point is, it was a cheap movie. People enjoyed it, or people wanted to see it. You know, enough people enjoyed it, or were interested in it. It made money. It, it'll be relegated to the modern equivalent of, you know, filler cable channel movie kind of thing, which, you know, nowadays is filler streaming service content. And that's fine. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of One Star Bazaar. As always, you can feel free to reach out to us on social media at One Star Bazaar. Let us know what you think. If you have any ideas for movies you'd like to have us review, maybe your favorite bad movie, if you want us to talk about it so you can have some defense against your friends about why <laughs> X is not actually that bad of a film, we'd love to hear from you. Next week, we are going to break our rules a little bit in that this was not a huge theatrical release, but it has a lot of big names. So we are going to watch Cook Off, starring the one and only Melissa McCarthy, who has a surprising number of movies in the one-star range. For... Is it really? I feel like it's okay. surprising. When you get to that point... We'll isn't talk about it. Isn't it, next it more week. surprising that she has some good movies <laughs> versus no. that she has a lot of bad movies? Negative. Okay. No, she's great. I love her. But 
We will obviously discuss this more next week. So join us then.